I've never personally had like a, a driving factor to make me want to lose weight as much as I do this one wheel, because I want to ride this one wheel everywhere. I have, I love this thing. It's so much fun. You said your wife listens so to the podcast occasionally. Let's see how that works out this time. Yeah, <laughs> I've never been so driven to lose weight and be there for something than as my one as wheel. As I am this one wheel. <laughs> Kids, I just want to make sure I'm around. (laughs) That that, that thing could last 20 years, and I want to get the most out of it. (laughs) It's episode 165 of your favorite kid show and mine, PHP Ugly. I am your friendly neighborhood, Eric Van Johnson. And with me are my good friends, my neighbors, my pals. John Congdon. Hello, hello. And Thomas Rideout. Good evening. Our goal this week is to be a fast and efficient podcast. And we're off to a we terrible start at that. I must say. We're, we're you know, we've been doing this for literally years now. I mean, I can't even joke about it. It's like we've actually been doing this for years and we are still this bad. I mean... That alone takes like a special skill set of just not caring and not paying enough attention to what you're doing. <laughs> yeah, I mean, we're, we can't so get the we're set, quite we're, good at that. We can't get the settings right, sound right, oh, streaming man. right. Oh, wow. How has everybody been doing, my friends? Pretty good. Uh, really good. Hey, do you remember me telling you about uh, switching a client from Memcache to Redis for their sessions, and and how excited I, you were about it, and how how much it was fantastic. It, yes, it took the the uh, request time for their transactions or their their page loads from a little over four hundred milliseconds uh, dropped over hundred milliseconds off, so twenty five to thirty three percent savings in in time. Right, fantastic news. Right, I kept wondering. Why in the hell was that the fact? Why did switching from Memcache to Redis improve site speed? I came up with hypotheses like, oh, it's because all the data and the sessions were stored in the same Memcache server. So we were just splitting the load. Everything was fine. Right. You had this absurd theory that it was like a bottlenecking. Yeah. Or that uh, Redis was just that much faster than, than Memcache. That had to be it, right? That was... That was the reason. Absolutely. Yeah. No. Absolutely. No. Not the case at all. Not no. at all. No. What's yeah. What bugs start rolling in, and you're like, "This makes no sense." <laughs> it makes no sense that these two inserts happened at the same time. Why are there two records in this database, and there shouldn't whoa, be? Whoa! 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 Two inserts at the same time. Yeah. Like why? Why is this data duplicating? What is going on here? And so. We had four of us on a call today just brainstorming, what is it? And finally it hit me. I'm like, wait, we switched to Redis. I bet session locking isn't a thing. Well, oh. it, it's a thing. It was just it's disabled by default in the Redis session driver. Uh, right. I was, yeah, it's, a, it's like security. It's a thing. It's just not there by default. Right. Like, like, yeah. So, <laughs> so without realizing it, the application relies on that session locking to prevent certain things from happening. So there were multiple Ajax calls coming in to save some data. 
and the way the system was written, it's if there isn't a row for this user, insert one. Well, when you get two AJAX requests that basically the same exact time and you're not locking them, both of them get back saying, hey, there's no record, and they both insert. Mystery, wow. mystery solved. Well, how's that mystery solved, though? How does that account for the savings in time? It doesn't. Well, it accounts for the savings in time because the way sessions work, by default with the file-based sessions or with memcache, session locking is turned on. So if you make two AJAX requests, or just two requests in general, the first one comes in, once you do a session start, it locks the session. The second one comes in, it can't do anything once you hit session start until the first process releases the lock. So with so with so the it, hundred milliseconds you shaved off was the render time for the first page. <laughs> no, the hundred milliseconds it wasn't the render time for the first page. It was the it was the time between session start and session end for the first request. No, it's just the yeah other requests were slowing down the the others other whether AJAX requests or other page requests. You know, you 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 pull up a page and you do three three AJAX calls. The other two are blocked while the first one finishes. So what's the performance now? Is it just back to what it was? No. That was going to be my question. <laughs> uh, I don't... It went back up slightly, but nowhere near what it was because we also took the time while doing it to look at some of the uh, the settings. So changing the, the session wait time from the the default two seconds to like a quarter of a second, 250 milliseconds. So if you if it is locked, try again within 250 milliseconds. Try try that 10 or 20 times, whatever we set it to. So I don't think it will jump back up that 100 millisecond savings that we got, but it, it should go up a little bit. It'll be interesting to find out mm-hmm. over the next couple of days as you get we get more data to analyze. Cool, man. No, not cool. I mean, yes and no. It, it was frustrating. I'm happy. Yeah. I'm happy that for, I have no clue why, but that thought popped into my head. Because without that, uh-huh. trying to solve this random why are there two records thing was a nightmare. Yeah, that's that's one of those experience is the only teacher at that that point things. That is so true. Because I've run into. Things like that before. Very rarely. So. so, do you guys want to hear a fun story? I would love to hear a fun story. It's kind of the wrong podcast, but I, sure. I got to be, probably for the first time in my daughter's 21 years of existence, like a hero in her eyes. Oh, yeah? <laughs> yeah, it was fun because... You know, my kids, they, they, they've always had like a, a kind of an understanding of what I do. And I even had one daughter who briefly showed some interest in coding. And so they kind of get the fact that I write programs and I code things to make things happen. But don't really understand the practical aspect of it. Like, you know, when do you think to do this? When don't you think to do this? And 
you know, it's just like one of those things. It's like, okay, that's what dad does. He codes when things need coding. I don't know when things need coding, but it's whatever. Well, now my daughters, my daughters have jobs now and they, they work for a living. And I come home and I'm just kind of glancing over my daughter's shoulder and I see she has two spreadsheets open and I, and I, I know this behavior. Like I'm looking at her and I'm like, I know what she's doing. Yeah. She's got to be doing drugs. (laughs) So I ask her, I'm like, what what are you doing here? And she's, Oh, well, you know, we have this list of uh, supporters. She, she works for this uh, social group. And we have this list of supporters, and if the supporters are on this list, but not on this list, I need to add them to this list. And if they're on that list, but not this list, I need to add them to this list. And so I, I just have to go through and look back and forth. I'm like, uh, how many people or do you have on the list? And she goes, there's about 7,000. And I'm like, wait a minute. <laughs> I'm like, how long is this taking you? She goes, well, I'm in the sea, so it's taking me about two hours to get to seas. Oh, oh. I'm like, baby, I'm like, I can code this for you. And I feel like it was a game show. I can code this for you in 20 minutes. (laughs) She goes, what do you mean? I'm like, those spreadsheets, can can you export them? Just just export them to CSVs. And my daughter even knows what that is. So she exports them both to CSV files. I sit down at my computer. She sits down next to me and I'm explaining to her. I'm like, okay, the first thing we're going to do, it's all in PHP. I'm like, okay, the first thing we're going to do is we're going to pull in the first file. Now we're going to iterate over each row in that file. Please tell me you did this in Vim in front of her just to show off. (laughs) It was Storm. I'm like, then we'll pull in the second file and we'll see if the email from from the first file is in the second file. She's like, and, you know, my daughter in, in her typical, like, human way of thinking is... Well, there's 3,000 emails in the second file and 2,000 in the first file. So for every email, you're going to check against 3,000 other emails to see if it's there. I'm like, yeah. She's, how long is that going to take? I'm like, like a fraction of a second. (laughs) (laughs) So I code, I code all this up. It takes us about, you know, 10, 15 minutes to code it up. And I'm like, I'm walking her through it and I'm explaining to it. And I hit run, and this is the scariest part. I hit run, and it executes correctly on the first try. I'm like, wait. I'm like, I screwed up somewhere, honey. Hold on. He hit, he hit run, and the printer exploded. But it was, it was great, because uh, she even said, um, she goes, well, can you just print out the difference? Because I, I you know, I want to, she wanted to do a, mer- oh, that was the other thing. I, even before we got there. I said, um, because she she was actually using two popular services for these mailing lists. And I'm like, you know, I'm pretty sure I know this service you're talking about here, which uh, was MailChimp. I'm like, I know they have a mail merge function. So all you need to do is take the list from the other one and pull it in. And MailChimp should be smart enough to find the dupes for you and, and let you cancel those out. And she's like, yeah, we already thought about that. Uh, you know, and she gave me some reason why they couldn't do that. Like somebody had broken it or so, something had happened. I'm like, all right, that's cool, whatever. And then we went down the coding path. Anyways, got the whole thing done. We were, we, we went from, she went from two hours getting through the A's, B's, and C's 
to an hour later, we had coded this whole solution. We had, you know, found the different differences in both files, got everything merged together, and she was done. And it, it was like the first time, like my daughter, she looked at me and she was just kind of like. Now that was impressive. <laughs> I'm just I'm like, yep, that's what I do. That's that, I do that all the yeah. time. <laughs> you know, that's my daily, daily in and out thing. Yeah, just knocking out problems, solving solving the world's problems. That's that's me. I felt good. I felt good. So I need to, I need I need to do more of those. I don't know. Yeah, my my kids just get a really glassy-eyed stare whenever they see my screen. It's... <laughs> They're not supposed my, to see your screen. My girls have... With the... Yeah, that's true. <laughs> well, my coding screen. <laughs> <laughs> my girls have always expressed a little interest in it. Like, like they, 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 there are moments where they find it fascinating, but not that fascinating. Yeah, my... But it is fun. My oldest is... Uh, 17 now and the this whole teenage rebellion thing has taken a much different turn than i ever expected um he was explaining to me the other night well you know i'm not a liberal and i looked at him like yeah you are it's like i can have my (laughs) own opinions i'm like yeah but i know your opinions you're a liberal (laughs) and it's it's this whole thing with the teenagers right now is the the backlash to having liberal parents is trying to be really conservative, but doing so by not understanding anything that they're talking about. <laughs> I, I say I'm already lost. So so his 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 feelings on what a liberal was that they couldn't have their own. His his feeling on opinion? what a liberal is 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 what the ta- the Turning Point USA stuff says where they're like libs want open borders and they want murderers to come in. And it's, it's all these talking points that are just completely ridiculous. Mm-hmm. But he thinks that's what a liberal is, is, a, is not a liberal, a lib. <laughs> and uh. you know, that all of the worst elements of liberal society are what liberals are. Yeah. His, his comment about he can have his own opinion is Thomas doesn't know him. You don't know me. I can't, right. I have my own opinion. So we took we uh, took the political compass quiz, which is six pages, and I think it's twenty questions per page. Um, okay, first off, if you got a seventeen-year-old boy to to answer twenty pages, six page page long, what is it's that? One hundred twenty questions. questions? Yeah. I, I applaud you, my friend. Well, <laughs> that was impressive. I had to. So, some of them are are really obscure questions. It's they're all just like one sentence things, but. Uh, but he didn't understand some of them, so I had to like just paraphrase him completely. Like, should gay people be allowed to get married? Mm-hmm. And uh, he was a little upset to find that he was a liberal socialist. Uh, <laughs> and his closest, his closest aligned contemporary was Gandhi's political outlook. Um, just shatters his says, whole his whole puberty right there. Yeah, so he says, well. Well, I don't know what that thing says. I don't know where it's getting getting its information. And I'm like, well, you just answered 120 questions, <laughs> so that's where it gets it. But wow. it's it's 
man, I mean, he just turned 17, and that's that's rough. I was uh, yeah. We've had fun conversations of you know. I I really I I have one one daughter who actually tries to get into the political arena, so I I don't want to spoil it by giving ammunition. But we've had some very spirited conversations of you know political parties that on paper seem like a good idea, but history has proven never has succeeded. <laughs> yeah, I too I too registered as libertarian when I turned eighteen. <laughs> But then so, there's yeah, it's fun stuff. But then there's Greta. Are you guys following this at all? Yeah, of course. Oh wait, what? What's Greta? She, the sixteen-year-old that came over and spoke at the UN. Oh, uh, about climate, climate control climate and all change. that. Yeah, climate change. And everyone was really yeah. upset because she was talking about how airplane transport is is one of the leading causes of global warming, and everyone's like, "Well, you're the one at the UN. How'd you get here?" And she was like. Took a train and I'm sailing home. Well, yeah, she also sailed. And she also sailed over here, right? Yeah. So like, like she took a long way to prove a point. Yeah. Well, and she she's fascinating because she is not talking about conservative politics at all. She's just talking about global warming and the need to to deal with it. But it's the conservatives that are getting really, really upset mm-hmm. that, that she is talking and they're mm-hmm. saying, well, you know, you're a 16 year old. What do you know about global warming? And my thought immediately was, well, if you're not going to listen to the scientists about global warming, then a 16 year old <laughs> might be more convincing. Like you pick one or the other. You can't say you don't have experience. You can't tell me. And then when someone does exp- have experience, tell them that they're part of a vast international conspiracy to save the planet. It, but th- she, yeah, she really ruffled feathers at the UN, and it was fantastic. My my favorite uh, conversation around it so far has been on Facebook uh, with Allison Giannato, Snipeyhead, on there. She posted something, and uh, somebody replied with a picture saying, the Nazis used children to spread propaganda, too. I saw that. And the the conversation back and forth was great, but the person who shared that picture saying that they believe in climate change and never backed down. It's like, how could you... When people are pointing out that 16-year-olds have opinions, it's not adults putting them up to it often, and you still won't back down? It, it was just driving me mad. Yeah, I had I had someone on Facebook that I I knew post about it, and uh, they said that that this was the liberal Democrats were using her, and it was the most disgusting thing that the Democrats had ever done. And my immediate thought was, if that's the most disgusting thing a, a Democrat has ever done, the Republicans really need a mirror. Like there <laughs> there needs to be a little bit of reflection on. You know, allowing a 16-year-old to speak her mind and helping fund her travels around the world. That's the most disgusting thing we can do. <laughs> and I know we don't get into politics here, but... I was just about to say something. <laughs> but, but to me, what she's saying is not a political issue. It's a purely scientific issue, and it becomes political because there's two sides of the political spectrum that are com- 
diametrically opposed as to how to approach this. One of them is basically upset that she is talking at all, and the other one is saying, yes, 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 keep talking as much as you can. It's, it's this bizarre bifurcation of politics in America right now, where if you're on one side, you have to support everything that that one side supports. And with, with the latest political moves in Congress, I mean, that's, that's going to fall apart <laughs> real bad. Yep, but it is interesting times we live in. It was it was strange to to do to have that conversation with my son about his political perspectives, where he essentially said he wasn't liberal, but had no idea about anything related to politics whatsoever. And then on TV was a girl a year younger than him who was actively engaged in politics at the UN, and my son was banging on his desk playing Fortnite. <laughs> And it just sort of went, well, can't, can't win them all. I've got two, two more to give a shot to. They'll be 17 in a year and a half. Man, I still do that. I, I tell you, I, I look at things other people have accomplished by the time they were half my age now, half my age. And I'm like, what am I doing with my life? This is, I'm terrible. I'm a terrible person, man. I can't get anything done. Well, I think I had some effect though, because he did come home from school and, and admit that he had a sort of existential crisis at school and just wanted to be alone for a while the next day. <laughs> it's like, well, you, those will happen. Yeah. Okay. I'm changing topics. John. Yes. You never responded to me today about uh, if you were interested in going to Sunshine PHP. Did you guys see? Yeah. Did you guys see this drama today? Well, it started yesterday. Oh, yeah, that's true. It did start yesterday. Yeah. Yeah, yeah I was going to talk to you about your other yeah. question later, too. The, the sponsorship? Yeah. <laughs> we'll talk about it. Yeah. Did you hear about this, Thomas? I didn't hear anything about this. What is this? Oh my goodness! Okay, so it I, we're going to talk about it because this is what we do. Okay, we we talk about everything around PHP and the PHP community, and we go to the dark corners that nobody else wants to go to because you know we're rating hogs, and and that's that's what we we you know we need all the sponsorship we can get, so we go to the dark corners. No, um. I really don't know the complete story, and I I know a lot of people in these circles, oh. and nobody's been able to piece together the complete story for me. Oh, that story. But yeah, so you you woke up yesterday to Twitter. There was a tweet out there by an individual. Well, I'm not going to say their their Twitter handle or anything because it's not worth mentioning them. But he was physically threatening. Another person within, specifically the Laravel community, uh, Mike Stoff Stoffer, uh, Matt Matt Stoffer. <laughs> like I don't know these people. Uh, physically threatening him and, and a couple other people, essentially saying you know that he wanted to to fight one of them at Sunshine PHP and this and that. And then, um, uh, uh, what's her name? Samantha. Didn't 
and I forget, I forget their names. Uh, anyway, she, um, another Twitter person pipes in and calls the you, first you got, uh, poster Samantha out Gates. as somebody. What, Samantha what Gates. Yeah, Samantha Gates, who I'm a fan of. If uh, if you recall, I talked about I think last year at Lyricon. Uh, I saw her speak for the first time and I really like her like no BS you know this is this is how I code this is what we do this is cool this is what I really liked uh, her 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 presentation style um, but anyways I guess this year at Lyricon um, she had posted a couple months ago how she ended up in this uncomfortable situation and how fortunately you know her Matt showed up and had Got got between her and this other person and made her feel you know made her feel better about the situation. But the fact that she felt uncomfortable at this conference that she typically feels very comfortable and secure at was was a jarring sensation. And I don't know if she called if she mentioned Lyricon by name, but I put it together because Matt Stauffer only goes to you know a couple conferences and. You know, I, I just assumed it was Laricon when she was tweeting it. Um, I was having a conversation with somebody today, and uh, he said, I don't think she ever said it was Laricon, but I had assumed it was Laricon. She had confirmed it was Laricon in her tweets yesterday, and then pointed, called this guy out as that creepy individual. So this started a whole thread, a bunch of back and forth um, tweets. And I'm like watching this, and I'm like, is, are they trolling us? Like, is this some sort of, like, they're trying to, they think they're being funny? Because this, this is about to backfire on them big Yeah, time. that was the thing that got me, was that the video that he posted in his karate gi, I just sort of went, oh, that, that seems like a, uh, seems like a bad comedy bit. Well, he took it like down. It, yeah. He, he, I, th- I he, thought the same thing. He, he pulled that post down, or that tweet down. Oh, I can imagine. Oh, did he? Yeah. Uh, Samantha said the coward deleted his post. Good thing I saved copies, and she links to where she had saved it. <laughs> <laughs> she said, "Can't stop the signal." Well, you know, the, the one thing so I can say with the the women in the PHP community that I have met at the conferences is you don't fuck with them. They, <laughs> I, you mentioned Snipey earlier. Man, you meet her, and you know from like the moment you meet her, don't fuck with her. That's a yeah. terrible idea. Um, yeah, I know. I, I called her a troll once, and that that was like the last time I spoke to her. She was, she's she she doesn't speak to me anymore. Uh, and I and I said it with the most sincerity. I, I I thought it was cute, but apparently it wasn't. Anyways, it turns out this person who who you know was claiming that he had the you know he, that. He owned Titan.com, which is Matt Stauffer's company and the domain. And and Matt owed him a job and this and that. And I'm not even sure like what all that was about. But this this person was well enough established where he was actually a sponsor for Sunshine PHP. And it's like, okay, that's awkward. I didn't know that. You know, yeah, it's like you have a sponsor for another conference threatening somebody and telling them to come to the conference. I mean, if this is a joke, this is a terrible joke. And if it's not a joke, 
somebody should step in and do something. And we know the organizers of Sunshine PHP. Matter of fact, he was very helpful when we were working on Wave PHP. And uh, he stepped in and basically said, listen, we appreciate the fact you're willing to sponsor us, but uh, you know we're going to return that sponsorship money and we appreciate you not showing up because you're not welcome and you can't come. <laughs> so it was like, uh, that, and that's a huge deal because I know how much, I, I don't know if they tweeted it, but I know how much he was sponsoring, his sponsorship level was at Sunshine. And it was not a cheap sponsorship level. I mean, it was a nice chunk of change. And uh, so for any, even a well-established conference like Sunshine PHP, to give up, you know, a chunk of sponsorship money, and that speaks tons for their morals and ethics. They they stand behind their code of conduct, and and they expect everybody to adhere to it. I think the thread... The, the whole thread had eventually derailed to where there was more than one accusation of inappropriate conduct, too. Is that other people had said that they saw this behavior or experienced this behavior in the past and that they just hadn't said anything about it. Really? I, I, didn't, I didn't see all that. It... It's it's a rough situation. I can say you know there was alcohol involved. Yeah, <laughs> you think? And that's uh, you just you gotta be smart. I mean, I, I, I'm I'm willing. I was gonna say I'm willing to be controversial here. Okay, <laughs> I'm willing to I'm willing to say that I recognize we we live in a world where physical confrontations. Are, happen in where ultimately when people are disagreeing for things to escalate to to you know a physical con- confrontation is going to happen and it's the way of the world now it happening in this arena in this situation it's it's like what are you thinking it's like this you're, you're a business person you're trying to get a job in this industry and you're establishing this as as a baseline, you know, it's not going to work. It's just not going to You can be as much of a man as you want to be. You can want to fight people as much as you want to fight people. But there's a time and place for that sort of behavior. This is neither the time nor the place. And we talk, to, we talk about this all the time. This shit will follow you forever. I mean, people like Samantha, is gonna, they're going to make sure this stuff doesn't go away. You know, it'll, it'll, it'll keep posted. And, you know, you can have your muscle heads out there be like, oh, you know, whatever, you, you soft people, blah, blah. It's like, hey, you know, there's nothing wrong with, with people going to blows. It's going to happen. It's the way of our world. I was just telling John a couple of weeks ago, I, I, can't, I can't remember the last time I got into a physical confrontation. And I kind of had the urge to get into a physical confrontation. And I miss playing sports because that was one of the places where you could take that anxiety out on in an appropriate kind of arena. Yeah, but bowling, though, I mean, we had to apologize to hey, so many people. you know, whatever. I don't care if it's bowling, lawn darts. You know, you, you, you block my, my lane, man. I'm going after you. Yeah. I, but, yeah, no, I don't, I don't get the it. The situation I mean, is weird because it's it's – 
It, it doesn't seem like adult behavior. And it's a tweet. Like, he had to record that, check the recording, say, yeah, that looks good. I'm going to tweet it. And at no point did anything fire in that brain of his of, you know, maybe this isn't the best approach to resolving this this <laughs> confrontation here. Or whatever it is he was even trying to do. It's like it's like you went through that whole process and, and nothing stopped you. My, huh? nothing, my, under, nothing. my understanding of it was that he was mad at Matt for intervening on this woman's behalf. Ah, you think that's what it was, huh? Because I know that that's what happened. Well, no. that, and, that, that was, Yeah, I know. Yeah, I, know I thought right. that was a couple years ago that that happened with somebody else. Yes. Yeah. It's... Yeah. Well, what happened with Samantha, John? I think happened this year at Laracon. Just going. I think there are a couple based off the timeline. Yeah, there are a couple of sentences. She said Matt stepped in on something a couple years ago, and then when an opening came up, she jumped at the opportunity. And I think she's been mm. there more than a few months. I could mm. be wrong. Anyway. Yeah. It's still, it's still, I mean, we talked about it during Wave PHP. John and I had a situation where we had to address it. And it is uncomfortable. And that was like, that, that, that felt like it was a little different because, I mean, the guy was like, oh, you know, we were all out drinking. We weren't at the conference. We were at a bar. I just thought everybody was being, you know, silly and goofy. And it's like, okay. Well, according to everybody else there, you were the only one that thought that way. And regardless of whether you're at the conference or not at the conference, you're with conference attendees. And so you, the code of conduct still applies. So we had we had to let him go. Uh, but this is like, this seems different. It's just like, you just, you, you just, how are you, how are you not banned from Twitter at this point? Like you physically threatened to assault somebody on Twitter. Don't they ban people for that? No. Twitter doesn't ban anyone. That's, uh, they should. It's the theory. Anyways, I want to go to Sunshine PHP now. Now, I mean, I've, I've wanted to go to Sunshine PHP for a while, but now it's like now I really want to go because I, 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 I like want to give them my money now and say thank you, thank you for for being such a great conference. Uh, February sixth through eighth, twenty twenty, in sunny Florida. Yes. Yes, February in in sunny Florida might might be a might might be a good place to be. I don't know. We have other conferences we have to address first. We have PHP World coming up, yep. which I hear is going to suck. They have like these B rated speakers talking, John. I mean, John, are you talking <laughs> right? Oh my goodness. <laughs> No, uh, PHP World's coming up. Super excited about that. Of course, John's given a couple talks. And I'm also very envious that we have uh, Marcus Moore of the Diego Dev Group is going to Australia to speak at Laracon AU. Nice. On a behavior-driven development. Matter of fact, you know what? That's what you're doing at Talkland, isn't it, John? On what? B uh, BDD? No, mine's TDD. No, he's doing TDD. Oh, you're doing TDD. Listen, um, all of our all of our peeps are doing talks on testing. I mean, that's just how we roll here at Diego Dev. We uh, we have two people who do a lot of testing, and they talk about it. <laughs> need to do more. Always need to do more testing. Yeah, but I 
I want to go to, I, I mean, as much as I'm looking forward to going to Virginia in October, going to Sydney, Australia really seems like it would be so much cooler. As much as I'm dreading going to Virginia in October, going to Australia sounds fucking horrible. <laughs> I've, I've upped my medication, become distant from my family. I'm just, I'm in, I'm in a, a ball of sweat waiting for October 21st. Ah, oh, man, it'll be fun. You have a good time. Yeah, have a good time. I need to lose some weight though. I need to get back on my one my one wheel. You got my one wheel. I'm loving my one wheel. So gotta, how is that a weight loss tool? Because I, I want to ride it like on a regular basis now, and I I, I exceed the maximum weight capacity of it. And I don't want to break it. Oh, okay. It's not. It's you're not like riding it to lose weight. I I thought you had no 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 misunderstood yeah, how I, that thing worked. <laughs> No, I'm trying to lose weight so I can ride it on. I, I've never had like a reason. I mean, I've had reasons to lose weight. Like every doctor I've spoken to, in you know, other other situations. But yeah. for me myself, I like being a big guy. I, I enjoy being a big guy. So I'm, I, I've never personally had like a, a driving factor to make me want to lose weight as much as I do this one wheel, because I want to ride this one wheel everywhere. I have. I love this thing. It's so much fun. You said your wife listens to the podcast? Occasionally. Let's see how that works out this time. Yeah. (laughs) I've never been so driven to lose weight and be there for something than as my one wheel. I am this one wheel. Kids. I just want to make sure I'm around. (laughs) That that, that thing could last 20 years, and I want to get the most out of it. (laughs) Yes. I, the one wheel is awesome. I have. I got, I, got, I got my fender to it. I have some some fantastic doom and gloom, some throwback classic doom and gloom. And I would bring up your doom and gloom screen, but I don't have OBS. I know. I know. <laughs> uh, Nerf has announced their newest blaster, and they shoot further than ever before. What's that, like four feet? What? No. Uh, I believe it's over 100 now. What? 100 feet? 120 feet. I can't hear it. Yeah, 120 no feet. Way. No way. Uh, the design of the dart is, has fins and rifling to induce spin. Uh, and it's uh, the, the new blaster is a motorized blaster. And uh, and the darts have DRM. What? Really? The darts have DRM. Yeah, so you can't. Yeah, you can't so go get other darts. You can't buy third party darts for it, right? Is that? Oh, really? Yeah. So these new darts, they have what I assume is an RFID tag in them. Uh, it will cost you ten dollars to get twenty darts. And if the if the gun doesn't recognize the dart that is in the chamber, it will skip that chamber and go to the next one, and simply not shoot. I'm sure people can hack that. I mean, Nerf, of course, being one of the most hacked toys for adults 
on the planet. They'll have a fix for this, I'm sure. Um, The question is, though, is if you have to go through the process of hacking it to get third-party darts to work, and it's the dart design that really matters in the distance that it's shot, you're going to have a hard time finding companies that are willing to produce third-party darts that are only for the hacker enthusiasts. Um, and it's even as far as the fact that Nerf has, is, is reaching for a patent on the foam they're using for this new dart. Hmm. It's, uh, it's an ultra-high-density uh, uh, polyfill-style dart. But still, kind of a bummer. DRM sneaking into every single possible thing that it can. You know, though, but is it really a bummer? I mean, it's like the whole razor blade thing. It's like if if it's their gun and you know their nerf, and they really want you to buy the darts from them. If they're going to go through all these extremes to make sure you buy the darts from them, is it? Does it really matter that much? Either either buy the damn thing and buy the darts from them, or don't buy the thing. I I, I, I get yeah. what you're saying as far as like, yeah, you know, DRM is, is getting into everything, and, and and I I I get that, but at the same time, it's like, yeah, but does it really matter? I I I don't know. I don't know if I care enough. I kind of agree with you on that. It's but I will say. Uh, Thomas, that your link did did take me down to another path. Have you guys seen these uh, Echo Frames yet? The Amazon Echo Frames, the new glasses with Echo installed? The one thing I did hear is that the guy announcing the new Echo EarPods uh, and how much Amazon was going to support them uh, did so while wearing AirPods. Okay. Did, 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 an, did an interview where they were talking about the new Amazon earpiece headsets and how great they were, but he literally had AirPods in his ears at the time recording the video. Okay. Seems like seems like a bit of a goof. Oh, the Apple. He had the Apple AirPods in his ears. Right. While was... while talking about what's called the Echo Buds, uh, okay. he was wearing the Apple AirPods. Well, maybe he doesn't have a he doesn't have the echo buds yet. You really shouldn't yell at your wife like that. We were just talking about how this is inappropriate behavior for the PHP community. <laughs> Anyways, I was talking about echo frames of the glasses. So if you haven't seen these, because I haven't seen these, uh, they're, apparently they're building echo into glasses, which look pretty cool to me and i have actually been looking to buy something very similar so there's another thing out there called uh north focals north focals which is which is supposed to be as close to the tony stark edith glasses that are out there and it's i i lost you thomas that was a video that was put out by like a sponsor video by Hacksmith, where they were saying, "Yeah, is, and yeah. that's that's garbage. That's not what these. You are. think it's garbage too? Yes. 
So wait, 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 wait. Well, the first thing I wanted to I wanted to understand is there different? Uh, are these things different? Like, is yes, the North Focals are different than the Amazon glasses. Yes. Yeah, so okay. the fundamental difference here is that the North Focals are not controlled by your voice. They are controlled by a joystick that you wear on your finger like a ring. Actually, they're controlled by either. I was under the impression that the voice control was not the most functional thing. Well, I, I don't know about that then. So, okay. So you, so you're, you're saying you wouldn't, you, you don't, the, the focals don't impress you because they impressed the hell out of me. This is what I wanted. This is what I wanted Google Glass to become. Like I didn't want that cyborg looking wearing thing. I wanted something integrated into a, into a frame that wasn't obvious that it was there. And I'm like, that, that's what, when Google Glass becomes that, I will buy that. And then when I was turned on to this, I'm like, okay, this kind of looks like what I want. And, you know, fortunately, they don't, they don't have a local shop anywhere near. They had a pop-up up in L.A. last week, and, or maybe it was this week, actually, and I, I, didn't, I couldn't make it up there, but I want these now. But now, now so we have the Echo you, Glass. What do you want from them? What are you looking to do? Okay, so this is the thing, is that they do significantly less than my $80 smartwatch. They have a roughly one-day battery life, and they're $600 for the non-prescription glasses. So Right. So $600, $600, this may surprise you, but $600 for frames is actually not that crazy, much less intelligent frames. So... Yeah, that's. I mean, that's a re, that's a reality of the cost. It, it is. They are expensive frames, but again, they have they have a computer built in. To, uh, to answer your question, uh, John, I mean, if all they did were simulate what what now my smartwatch is doing in my glasses, I would actually be very happy with just that. And I don't even know if it does that. To be to be completely honest with you, because. Uh, the hacker, uh, whatever the the Hacksmith. YouTube channel is, Hacksmith, um, they kept referencing Echo stuff. Like, I guess it has Amazon uh, Alexa built in, and I'm I'm thinking to myself, it's like, okay, well, you know, there's uh, Amazon Alexa is is pretty limited in smart functionality as far as like. My ecosystem goes. I I am heavily invested in the Google ecosystem, so you know I would want to see like you know email notifications pop up or IM notifications pop up or things like that. But um, but yeah, that's all it does. It's basically your watch and it projects on the inside of your eyeglass. There's a little spot that it, it can project. It can do the whole navigation thing if you want. You can ask for weather or that sort of thing. Yeah, I mean, it, but, it basically just gets notifications. The the notifications yeah. that would show up on your lock screen, it gets. Does it, um, today, does it also have today, cam- tomorrow is tomorrow is going to have facial recognition. Well, it'll never forget built, a name ever again. Camera built in, like Google Glass did. Nope. No. No, it doesn't. Okay. No, that is one of the that would actually be so that. I think that's my next evolution, right? Is to have these things where, you know, I'm sitting in a meeting and I have a client that's rambling and then he says something that that makes sense. I would love to be able to tell my glasses, okay, the last 10 minutes, you know, 
tag that and save it somewhere because I want to I want to watch and listen to that again and you know later. I would love that. Like I would love to have s some smart glasses constantly recording everything I'm looking at and give it the ability to say, okay, you know what just happened. Save it, tag it, and you know let me let me access that at a later date. Well. I think that's cool and all. And the Echo Frames, they look like they're just going to beat that poor company to death. <laughs> but that wasn't the big announcement that inspired me from uh, Amazon's little announcement conference. What? So what? what wow. We were just talking about uh, Samantha, and she is on a Twitter rampage right now. Holy smokes. It's oh, good. I think I opened up. Oh, no, I opened up. I opened up the thread. She just. She somebody just retweeted her, and I clicked it, and it opened up the whole thread. Sorry about that. Sorry, sorry, Thomas. Go ahead. She's listening to us live. Yeah. <laughs> everyone, so, everyone does. Of course. What I found really interesting from Amazon's big uh, conference was the new voice for the Amazon Echo. <sighs> It's fucking awesome. Yep. <laughs> it's more than awesome. And this is the first voice that uh, that's a celebrity voice. It's the first voice using their uh, natural speech uh, engine. Ask which... me the weather one more time. Ask me the weather one more time. Uh, so this Motherfucker. is... <laughs> This is this is cool to me for two things. So just number one, the, just the say the first, name first. You, you haven't even said the that. first voice is Samuel L. Jackson. There you go. And uh, when you buy the skill, when you buy the new voice, uh, it has a explicit mode that you can enable and disable. <gasps> does it really? It does. So oh, you can, I was making, you can have it I tell was you totally the weather. Making that up. Nope, not at all. You can have it tell you the weather, or you can have it tell you the weather, motherfucker. Oh, that is going to be so awesome. Uh, they're selling it for $0.99 cents for, the, for the rest of 2019, and then the price will go up to $5. Uh, it's not released yet, but you can ask your device to hear it by saying, activation word, introduce me to Samuel L. Jackson, and it will give you a little speech in his voice. Um, but what's interesting to me is that... Do it, Thomas. Is, do it. I want to hear what this says. Put, you won't be able bring, to hear it bring, on my... John, do you, have a, do you have one there in the I, office? I do not. Oh, you um, suck. But the thing that I'm really excited about is that it's using their natural language technology. It's, it's using more than just a derived set of, of responses, but it's able to generate new responses that sound natural using someone's recorded voice. And if you watch... Deepfakes, uh, I'm telling you. If you watch Far From Home, Spider-Man Far From Home, you get the feeling that we're, we're close to that technology, but we don't have anywhere actually approaching it in real life. That technology is possible, but none of our devices can do it. Uh, there's no smartness to any of the smart devices I have. They, they can tell me the weather, they can play music, they can read the, the news to me, but 
they really can't get intention out of something that I say. And that's what I'm, I'm hoping to see coming up. But this is just the first, just the first uh, voice that will be available. There is, uh, there is some, some thought that Gordon Ramsay will be next. I don't know. I, for me, my, my device is just, it's a music player that I can ask to start playing a specific genre of music. And that's basically all I use it for. Yeah. Oh, I, 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 uh, I don't know. I, I, I use mine for a little bit more than that. We have, we have deep conversations. <laughs> yeah. Well, I had, uh, See, so I had the, nine, the 99 mine. cents for you is really a deal. So, so, when I leave the house, like when we're leaving, if everybody's leaving the house, we we tell her to go into dog time protocol, and she announces that yeah you know, the house is going into dog time protocol. That she will take care of the pets, and then she turns on lights, she turns on music, she makes sure the AC is turned off, and it's kind of cool because she's like talking. She says, "Don't worry, we will take care of the. I'll take care of the pets." That's how she, you know, she's in dog time protocol. And then you can walk out, and she starts turning on the music. She turns on the lights, and AC goes off, and it's it's cool. I I, I enjoy between Alexa and and the Google stuff. I find myself using Alexa way more for some reason. Um, I don't know why that is because I like to Google stuff more and I have the Google here on my desk. Um, but it seems to me like the Alexa, I don't know, just it's permeating the market way more than Google is. See, I use the Google yeah. here in the office, but I had to turn off my uh, Echo devices around the house because of my kids. Like it's, it's Ooh, awesome I... that they can, it's awesome. They can play the music they want to play. And so one starts a song and the other one stops it. And no, I want to play. And then it's just this back and forth battle. And it's like, nope, done. <laughs> Interesting. Yeah. Wow. That is like, that's like, you know, millennial sort of, you know, issues there. That is, no that self- is crazy. I didn't even think about that. Yeah. There's just no self-control on their part. So it's like, if you guys don't stop right now, it's got to go away. And of course, they won't stop. So, yank it out. Of the well, there room. is a there is a kid mode now. It What's doesn't matter if they can control it. I mean, I think one of the things that you can do is uh, assign it to your voice so that only your voice can control it. I don't think that's true, but if it is, at least. I would love so the one thing I always wanted was it to have voice recognition. So when I told it to play music, it played from my Amazon list. And when my wife Beck asked it to play music, it would play from her list. Right. You know, right now it's like everything is my account, and as far as I understand, it only hears commands. Like it's just a general command. I don't know that it's it's differentiating between us. Well, Amazon did announce that they are focusing on kids and that the the newest firmware has support for a 
walkie-talkie style mode that kids can use to communicate to each other and to parents. That is different from the drop-in mode that mm. exists already. Hmm. I'll have to check it out some more when I when I finally get around to plugging it back in. Mm. Yeah, Please. I hear you on that. That's an interesting problem. I wonder so what, cute what other you like a, new problems you, you have. Yeah, it's cute when you have a three-year-old, you know, talking to it and controlling it. Yeah. But, I got I got to be a parent again for a couple of days. It was fun. I enjoyed it. I had a my uh, brother-in-law was visiting from Hawaii, and I, I guess I guess I guess island fever is a real thing because did you buy him a just, car seat? Oh, well, no, he had a car, you... car seat. The oh, wife bought wife... two car seats. Yeah, the wife <laughs> bought two car seats, and uh, he brought a car seat. You got to turn uh, off that voice purchasing because that that just lets him get right in there. But yeah, it was fun. It was fun having a having a little 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 guy around the house for. So we watched the, we watched them for one night because they just they were just so happy to be somewhere different than the island that they're on in Hawaii, which you know is just absolute torture. Yeah, those poor kids. <laughs> But it was funny because I was just asking a friend of mine who who had lived in Hawaii and is actually a psychiatrist. I'm like, I never even thought about it, but I'm like, is that a thing? I'm like, because I know here in the states, is you're tired of this state, you drive to another state, but you can't do that in Hawaii. He goes, oh yeah, he says that's a very, it's called island fever. It's a very real thing. People have issues with that. They you start to feel claustrophobic. You start to feel trapped. And, uh, yeah, they a did a thing. they did a documentary series about that called Gilligan's Island. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> so, anyways, they they went out for a night. We got to watch the kid overnight, and we had, we just had a blast. We watched Shrek and and had a good time. I enjoy I enjoy kids. I'm a baby person. I enjoy kids That's to fun. a certain age. Then once they once they can start to talk, then I'm done with them. <laughs> once, once they can, once they can rat me out on, on you know, Uncle E was drinking his medicine again, Aunt Beck. I'm like, okay, kid, you're out of here. That's yeah, my wife you. was, my wife was trying to convince me to get uh, this nice couch that our friend was selling, uh, and and I looked at her. I'm like, are you insane? Or we're gonna, we have two 16 year olds and a 17 year old, and you want to buy a couch now? Just wait two years. Mm-hmm. We, have a, we have a pleather couch that you can spill on and it just wipes right off. That's all we need for two years. Then we can start buying nice things. But we're done with nice things for now. Wait, you're <laughs> telling me this happens all the way through their teenage years too? Oh my god, yes. For sure. Come on. It, it, it happened for me into my 30s. I was a, an absolute mess until... 32. So last year? Ugh, I wish. My blood pressure was so much lower. <laughs> have you been have you made any changes to for that? Uh Yeah, he moved so to a it's... higher altitude. So. <laughs> <laughs> We're running a little long here. It's been a good episode. <laughs> no, but I did I, on top of my blood pressure, I also uh, 
uh, had a breakfast for dinner one night, which was just like eggs and bacon and waffles. And the next morning, both my wife and I were just completely sick to our stomachs, like sharp pains in our stomachs. And I was just completely stopped up for a day. And I'm like, awesome. This is, this is great. I'm so glad getting older is so comfortable and wonderful where I can't process the wrong order of, of taking food in. If I have eggs too late at night, I'm just constipated the next day. This is great. You just don't know how to live right. I'm older than, than either one of you. I'm doing, I just came from the doctor t- today. She's like, I'm in great freaking health. So, pff, whatever. whatever. Yeah, well, I have twice the number of testicles as you. <laughs> I don't know, I don't know the relevance of that, but Damn it. <laughs> I always I always got to put that out there. <laughs> All right, what else we got? John, Wait, I think well, we need to uh I think wrap we up. I've got homework those, to do. We need to put one of those image uh captures on the SDPHP new website because we have 300 people try to create user accounts and i don't think any of them are real probably that's actually was going to be my question is how is the serverless sdphp stuff going i haven't spent a lot of time on it i mean we got it to a deployed state uh we've been using to be completely honest with you we've been using the sdphp code base as like a training code base for um, new developers we bring on. So, like, we bring on new developers and we make them work in the SDPHP code base for a couple of weeks before putting them on other projects. So, uh, <laughs> so it, it's been it's been kind of multifunctional. Um, features have been breaking and, and and features have been getting implemented, but uh, but the serverless piece has been pretty flawless. Now, what is starting to happen is we're we're coming up to the end of the month now so we've had a full month run on the serverless infrastructure and we'll be able to get some uh pricing on that and we already know it's going to be higher than what we were running on the small digital ocean box we had it running on the question is is, you know what's that baseline going to actually look like for for a small application um the 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 vapor interface actually shows you projections on the cost associated to the requests that have been made to it. I can see that. And that's down. That, that's that was like, really nice. Yeah. I think the last time I checked, it was like 35 cents for the month. But, but again, that excludes the, the base price of a lot of the features you have to install. And one of the more expensive ones. So I, I always complained about how expensive Amazon RDS was. It was one of the more expensive services on AWS. And you, we have that deployed with the serverless environment. But come to find out, the freaking API gateway, which I don't even know physically what that is. Like, is that just some proxy server running somewhere? That cost for that damn thing is through the freaking roof. I mean, it is super freaking expensive to have those freaking API gateways. So i I haven't looked at the I haven't looked at the totals recently, but man, that that 
it's it's going to be expensive for sure. Well, one of the big articles that made made its rounds this week was uh, written by Enar Igleason. So you know he's a good coder. <laughs> That's racist. Those, the harder the name <laughs> is to pronounce, the better they are at coding. <laughs> but he titled his post serverless 15% slower and eight times more expensive. I don't know if I, I agree with those numbers. Um, why would he, why would, so right off the bat, the, 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 the testing I did with speed, if you discount the warm-up cost for the initial hit, which everybody likes to talk about, but even that wasn't that much slower than a normal web request. Uh, but you discount that, I always saw, saw faster speeds. I mean, that might have just been the way my applications were configured, but I've never seen drastically slower speeds. The cost, I mean, he might be right on the cost, depending on what you're used to running on. If you're used to running on a cheap DigitalOcean minimum server with hosting your database, your web server and everything, to, to a serverless architecture... I don't know. Maybe he's right there, perhaps. Well, that's the thing, is that it's a very clickbaity headline for the article. And when you dig into it, this is porting an existing code base over to serverless based off of a tutorial that he read. And then he ran tests against his new serverless architecture and his previous Beanstalk architecture coded in C-sharp. And he oh, only ran a hundred... He only ran a hundred tests on each server. What was the language on the serverless environment? Uh, so he introduces it here and says, uh, it's currently hosted on AWS S3 to store HTML, CSS, JavaScript, and images. An API written in C-sharp hosted on Elastic Beanstalk using Linux servers running .NET Core with Docker. Ah, uh, okay. So it, it already sounds like a bizarre use case there, where it's Linux running .NET off Docker. Mm. Hmm. Uh, and then they have a CloudFront CDN running in front of both the static files on S3 and the API. Um, going serverless, he went through a very nice tutorial on hosting ASP.NET Web APIs using the serverless framework and found that he only had to add a simple config file, add one dependency and one small startup class to his existing API project, and then he deployed it. Which sounds to me like a gross misunderstanding of how serverless works. <laughs> Does it not? I mean, like, serverless is a different architecture fundamentally. You have to well, have a different mindset for when you spin up and what you spin up. Well, so not necessarily. So that, that, that's very much probably the config file he needed to add. The, the mindset, from a coding perspective, comes into understanding how you reference things within your site. 
So you, you need to understand that like everything isn't living in a file system under a folder. Like things are all over the place and you have to reference them accordingly. So like with the, with the Laravel approach, again, a straight up out of the box Laravel application that you can deploy on a droplet server as a standalone server, you can also deploy through Vapor as a serverless application. And if you've coded everything correctly and you've addressed your assets correctly and everything, they run identically. Um, there's no, so it's not like there's this uh, paradigm, there's there this, the shift in thinking of, okay, well, if I wasn't coding for a serverless environment, I would just do this, this, and this. It's it's pretty much the same higher level uh, architecture of the application itself. You just have to understand how you... Now, what really starts to, to bend your mind a little bit is that you realize, like from a serverless perspective, your, your back-end logic, your API endpoints, and your front-end logic can now be abstracted away. They don't need to be together anymore. So you can actually have your front-end Vue.js-powered uh, website living on an S3 bucket being served by a static web server. You have all your APIs that the, the uh, Vue.js application depends on deployed in the serverless environment that it's accessing. So now you've extract you you've abstracted away those two things, and you can continue to abstract away these components and realize that you need less and less core code base the more services you take advantage of. So everything that Amazon has to offer, from authentication to uh, caching to database, you start to you start to stack those components into a serverless environment, and your core code base actually can shrink. If that's the route you want to go, if it's not, if the route, and, and this is actually a request that we, we've gotten from several clients, a, a couple of clients, I shouldn't say several, because John jinxed us last week and we don't, nobody calls us anymore, but we've had from a couple of clients is, if you want to introduce me to a serverless architecture, you need to guarantee me that same application will run on a server. And... The way serverless works today, that's possible, but it doesn't need to be possible. You're right in the sense, Tom, is that you could architect for a serverless environment and completely decouple very, I mean, almost every aspect, every component of your application, which could then never be coupled back together and run on a normal server because you're now dependent on these services. Right. Uh, but but you don't have to do that. And even with the uh, PHP Bref, um, before Vapor came out, the testing I was doing, that's exactly what I did. I had deployed a new application for a client. And I'm like, okay, let me see what it would take to run this on Bref now. And it was pretty close to the same thing. I had to, had to install the Bref dependency, a composer install. I had to, uh, I think I had to, create a config file um, and that's where you did your configuration for the serverless environment and then I pretty much deployed it at that point. Well, the talk that I listened to at Wave PHP went a lot more into detail about the nature of structuring your application 
for the purpose of serverless and that the big mistake you can make is just try to port something straight over. Um, that the architecture of serverless requires a different thought process for minimizing expenses, that you, you don't do things the same way. Um, and I, I wish I could remember more of that, that discussion. I could give it to you. Uh, but the thing I can say is that like any article on the internet that you write, if there's a comment section, people will show up and correct you. <laughs> and I recommend, I recommend this article just for the comment section because yeah. he lists out in detail what he did and the result that he got from it. And the comments are very helpful. Uh, for example, recommending using ALB instead of the API gateway. Um, ALB is a completely different product and it can handle the same load. It can call uh, Lambda instances directly and it doesn't use the API gateway pricing. It doesn't use any of that stuff. Um, there are also people who gave instructions on how to write your own API gateway, you know, clone or replacement so that you don't have to pay for that service. Uh, and the limitations of, you know, each one of these components. Um, you know, and also recommending putting like a load balancer in front of it. There's someone here who got Cloudflare working in front of Lambda. Um, and so, yeah, Even if the article is making these sort of radical claims about how things aren't working, the comment section provides a lot of information and a lot of solutions for the same thing that you're talking about with your expenses on serverless. Mm. Yeah, with the API gateway, I think you want that if you're using some of the more advanced features of it, such as rate limiting and authentication. So it can do a lot of really uh, fancy things. ALB does that. Does it really? Yeah, ALB, ALB does do the same kind of rate limiting. Um, and a load balancer in front of the serverless architecture can also do that same kind of load balancing. Hmm. Um, just, just, you know, rate limiting and stuff like that. And you can do rate limiting with caching and stuff like that as well. Um, like, like, like they said, with Cloudflare. Um, they they link directly to a, a guide on how to use uh, serverless applications without API gateway and the things you have to do to, you know, cover your ass. Mm -hmm. Eric, you're killing me. I'm in the I'm in the middle of importing a 10 gigabyte database and it's slow as molasses. <laughs> Um, you know, during the show probably wasn't the best time to to dive into that, but but Godspeed. Uh, John is doing my homework for me. I, I can't. I've got to support him. He's uh he's parsing XML files for me, or actually parsing XML responses for me. So I'm 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 more than appreciative of his uh of his existence right now. <laughs> Which means we should wrap I this up because I got to do it tonight. Yeah, Can I, you do I, my homework, too? Oh, gosh. My you, boss bought me the uh, MongoDB Complete Developer's Guide on Udemy. Or Udemy. Dude, it's, Udemy? MongoDB is the easiest Udemy. thing. It's, this guide is 17 hours long. Dude, it, 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 you, you write a document, you read a document. That's all, that's all there is. You're good, man. Don't worry 17 about it. Hours MongoDB long. is the only document store that is ACID-compliant. 
Did you know that? You did know that because we talked about it on the show before. Uh, MongoDB a, a presentation on it. Actually, uh, in the the tool because of that, the database tool I use now that Table Plus actually has a MongoDB um, connection you can define. So you can actually connect to a MongoDB server. Uh, it looks like it's still in beta, but it's there. So yes, MongoDB rocks the world. We still need to figure out our, our NoSQL solution for our mobile apps. We we have this we we're, we're trying to bridge trying to bridge it. The whole the whole uh document store approach is ugly. It I mean it, ugly from the perspective of nobody can decide on a standards way of doing it and everybody kind of does things differently enough where it's nobody plays well with anybody else it's it's very plain because you've got a couple of really good players out there you got things like couch db firebase mongodb um and none of them none of them like the clients don't i mean you would think that okay well they're all document stores i mean you can't one client talk to you know like all three of them and no Nope, they're all different enough. They all have their own different syntax. They have their own way of 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 searching for documents, of reading documents, of adding documents. It's just, and none of them, none of them play well with everything. So either something is like very focused on mobile development, which kind of becomes a pain for everything else, or like MongoDB, which is now acid compliant and really seems like a from a coder's perspective, a go-to sort of solution for a document store becomes very challenging for mobile in trying to trying to keep multiple instances in sync, and it's such a pain in the ass. We, I, I, I constantly have to have this conversation with our mobile developer because we just we need a solution, and trying to find a trying to find a solution is is pain. Not, and I didn't even mention the MySQL stuff that's available now. <laughs> Well, thank you, Eric, for closing us out on some doom and gloom. <laughs> you're, you're welcome. It's, it's my job. You've been listening to PHP Ugly, episode 147. I'm Tom Rideout. I'm Wait, John Condren. But that's not the right number. I'm Eric Johnson. Is, are you trolling? What? What's the right? 165. <laughs> <laughs> the realization I just, of where his life I just has released been. 160. I just released 166. You said 147, you? though. You said 147 a second ago. It's been an hour and a half. I'm Tom Rideout. <laughs> I'm John Cognon for the second time. Keep it ugly. Keep it ugly. Keep it ugly. Thanks for listening to this episode of PHP Ugly, and thanks to our sponsors, the Diego Dev Group. If you're looking for developers who care about the code they create, the communities they build, and the solutions they implement, then reach out to the Diego Dev Group. You can find the Diego Dev Group at www.diegodev.com. That's www.diegodev.com. Show notes and RSS feeds can be found at www.phpugly.com. Follow PHP Ugly on Twitter at PHP Ugly or join us in our Discord channel. Subscribe to the podcast on iTunes, Google Play, or in your favorite podcast listener. A rating of five stars is always appreciated. Until next time, 
keep it ugly.